For the first time in human history, we have more overweight people walking the earth than underweight. And by and large, people are being taken down by these kinds of diseases of civilization, diseases that are, that are essentially driven by being undernourished and overfed. Our number one recreational drug of choice is sugar. And it's true. And so why are we sneaking sugar into all these foods? Because then we'll want more of them. So that's the dirty secret of fructose that the industry didn't want us to know about. Now it's been called out. Added sugar is insidious today. It's in everything. It's in sauces. It's in coffee beverages, right? We go to coffee chains for a cup of coffee. We end up drinking uh, dessert. Obesity, diabetes, metabolic syndrome, these are all risk factors for Alzheimer's. Your average person today is consuming 77 grams of added sugar every single day. It sets the stage for all the bad things you don't want to get. Alzheimer's, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, cancer. We can demonize soft drinks. People should not be drinking soft drinks. Even vegetables have, will have some sugar in them. And, um, you know, so I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't eat any sugar, but, but sugar and high fructose corn syrup are two major culprits that probably have a role in the cause of Alzheimer's. Predictive of hypertension, of insulin resistance, elevated blood sugar, therefore diabetes, inflammation, oxidative stress, all of those mechanisms that underlie the things that you don't want to get. Highly addictive, so uh, yeah. So, so now we're seeing one in two Americans suffer from either pre-diabetes or type two. Or type two diabetes. The foundation of this, this epidemic, where by the year 2030, one in two people are gonna be not just overweight, but obese. It used to be turn of the century, we ate five pounds of sugar per person per year. It's now 150 pounds of sugar per person per year. We're eating like basically Whoa. our weight in sugar and the obesity rates have gone from 0.5% to over, now we're more obese than overweight. Insulin makes you hungry, it makes you store belly fat, it locks the fat in the fat cells, and it slows your metabolism. It's like a quadruple threat for your body to gain weight. That fructose is a player. It is a big player. I feel amazing. I, though, don't know if I'm killing myself slowly. Borderline diabetes or frank diabetes, mild elevation of blood sugar, or can't lose that last 20 pounds, and they're doing everything they possibly can. Darn it, I'm doing everything I can. There's gotta be something else. This may be that something else, maybe that missing link. We evolve in concert with the plants that we're eating or the animals that we're eating, but lectins are plant proteins that are one of the major defense systems of a plant against being eaten. So what they do is they make proteins that are sometimes called sticky proteins or lectins that stick to certain sugar molecules in us, particularly in our gut lining, so lectins bind to sugar molecules. Lectins cause the wall of our gut to actually separate. And people have heard the term leaky gut. Now with the advances in understanding how the microbiome works and in understanding how lectins work, I think everyone who has a disease has a leaky gut. All disease begins in the gut. How can people that are watching this now, if they're struggling from something, how do they begin that process of repair? So, the, you know, I think the first thing you do is get major lectin-containing foods out of your diet. You won't like me for a couple of weeks, uh, but most people, even within a couple of weeks, begin to notice a difference. Now, what are those? They're foods that we actually, evolutionary, were not designed to eat. Beans are so lethal, raw, and there's some pretty good studies in monkeys, rhesus monkeys, and red velvet monkeys, 
monkeys that they can actually cause heart disease and even kidney damage from the lectin content. Mm. So these are anti-nutrients. Grains and beans, that's number one. Number two, 2,000 years ago, northern European cows suffered a genetic mutation, a spontaneous mutation where they stopped making the normal protein in milk, casein A2, and began making casein A1. Now, casein A1 has a lectin-like protein that is converted into a compound called beta-caseomorphine, which can cause a direct immunologic attack on the beta cell of the pancreas, the insulin-producing cell in the pancreas. And there's some pretty good evidence, and it's accumulating every, every year, that one of the causes of type 1 diabetes or juvenile diabetes is casein A1 milk. And it actually correlates very well in countries that have casein A1 cows. They have much higher incidence of type 1 diabetes than countries that have casein A2 cows. Same way, believe it or not, up until William, William and Harvey Kellogg in the early 1900s did the idea that whole grains were good for us. And if you look back 50 years, and when the whole grain goodness really caught on, you'll notice that a lot of our current health issues, including this epidemic of autoimmune disease, didn't occur. This epidemic of dementia didn't occur. And so whole grains are one of those wonderful myths that got perpetrated by a few individuals. We raise animals with antibiotics. The researcher found out that by giving antibiotics to these animals, they grew faster and got fatter much quicker than the animals who didn't get the antibiotics. What we didn't know is that those residual antibiotics are incorporated into the meat, uh, the beef, the chicken, the pork, you name it. And so we actually, every time we ingest factory-raised meats or even farm-raised fish, ingest microdoses of antibiotics. Microdoses of antibiotics are incredibly effective at killing off your microbiome. So, in the last 40 years, we've had this, you know, incredible, you know, the, the worst storm that could possibly happen for our microbiome. Obesity researchers have zeroed in on mitochondria in specific brain circuits that control appetite and feeding behaviors. And they've looked at what causes those neurons to turn on or off. It's mitochondria. When they look at the cells in the pancreas that release insulin, what causes the cell to actually release the insulin? What is the critical signal that causes insulin to get released? Mitochondria. Mitochondria are actually sensing the amounts of glucose, creating reactive oxygen species in response, and that sets off a cascade that results in the release of insulin. It's enormously complex, but on the other hand, it is a major leap in the mental health and metabolic health field. Because guess what we could do? Number one, we can look at a lot of our treatments that are causing mitochondrial toxicity, and we can uh, start using those very sparingly and try to get people off those and try to allow people to heal and recover. 
That's a huge thing that I'm actively doing with lots of patients. Um, so I think we need an abrupt wake-up call in the mental health field because I do think we are doing harm to people long-term. But even in the food supply, there's so much debate. What's causing the obesity epidemic? Oh, everybody's just overeating delicious foods. It's the calories. It's the calories. They're eating more calories. That's what it is. The metabolic rate of the human population is going down. And what does that mean? What do I mean when I say the metabolic rate? I mean the mitochondria in the human species is being poisoned. What are the likely culprits? Ultra-processed foods, high amounts of sugar and other artificial ingredients. But we need to look at environmental toxins, the microplastics, and all of the environmental toxins, the forever chemicals that are accumulating in our fat cells and our brain cells. Like those might be poisoning mitochondria. And if we're poisoning the mitochondria, it means that the metabolic rate is going down. So yes, calories in, calories out. But what I'm arguing is that the obesity epidemic is likely because the metabolic rate of the human species is being poisoned.